Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number seven of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Back again with your three favorite fantasy hosts, myself, Jason, Max. What's going on, guys? Uh, nothing much, Peter. Just wondering why you put yourself first, you know. It should be Jace, Peter, Max. I don't know. I'll, I like to be last, but you put yourself first all the time. I put myself first so that I'm the last thing that people think about. So, you know, your, your two names go before mine technically in their ears after mine. So they think about you guys a little bit more. Kind of like accounting. LIFO and LIFO. LIFO and FIFO. Yeah. We're making accounting jokes on the podcast now. (laughs) There you go. Uh, But we got a good show for you guys today. Uh, But first and foremost, before we get into the details, I wanted to mention I had a 16 team parlay and I felt two teams short. Uh, I blame the chiefs for this. Dang. It was one dollar to win three grand. That would be really nice with rent right around the corner. But <laughs> shoot. So if anybody out there feels really bad, I will leave my Venmo uh, at the end <laughs> of the podcast, and uh, maybe we can help recuperate my one dollar loss. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we have a really good show for you guys today. We got reports from around the realm making its way back. We got boom bust, and we got a little secret, little extra sprinkle at the end. Uh, start sit decisions for our teams moving forward after this uh week three schedule uh but before you get into it do you guys have anything no man i'm ready to get right to it i got one thing to say and that any i feel like every prime time game has just been insane man sunday mm-hmm. night monday night thursday night i feel like every game that they've put up there has been so good and i'm just so glad football's back i know we're three weeks in but every like primetime game has been electric yeah the the primetime games have been absolutely absurd the eagle game last night uh living in philadelphia and with a diehard eagles fan shout out mario was it was pretty rough watching uh jalen turn the ball over like that but no these games are these games are legit man the nfl knows what they're doing that freaking uh, the Packers and Niners game was like one of the best games I've seen in a long time. Aaron Rodgers storming down the field with like thirty something seconds on the clock. Like, come on, that's what we uh, that's what we wait for. So shades of Rams Chiefs week eleven. What was it, twenty eighteen? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I watch highlights of that game probably once every couple months. That that game was just so incredible. Yep. Good football. All right, moving into our first segment for the day, we're going to have our reports from around the realm, hearing from a couple different teams. We got three particular notes that came in uh, that have a little bit of concern. They want the the Monarchs to make a decision on them uh, and report to the people. So our first one uh, comes from North Carolina. Christian McCaffrey sidelined for, quote unquote, a few weeks with a hamstring strain. What are you doing uh, looking forward with Chuba? Obviously, he's probably rostered in every single dynasty league, but are you going to try to trade from whatever? And then beyond that, what are your expectations for Royce Freeman? I'll kick us off on this one, Jace. You can have the next one. But, I mean, obviously, like you said, Peter, he Chuba Hubbard is rostered in every dynasty league. And I feel like if you're the Christian McCaffrey owner after last year, 
I know me personally, like I would do anything in the offseason to go and acquire the backup because you don't want what happened last year with Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey. You don't want that again. And a guy like McCaffrey, I mean, they drafted Chuba Hubbard for a reason. I really liked him coming out of Oklahoma State. So I'm pretty high on Chuba Hubbard, especially for these next two weeks. He's got Dallas's upcoming week, which I think will be a huge game for him, even though Miles Sanders didn't look great. But he's so young, they drafted him for a reason, and they needed a backup role for McCaffrey. But at the same time, Royce Freeman did look really good. So I would limit my expectations this week, but you have to go and acquire him in any dynasty format if you have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Max, real quick, what kind of what kind of price would you be willing to pay for Chuba in terms of draft picks? Are, are you at the point where you're willing to give up a first? I mean, I think it all depends on team context, really, and if you have McCaffrey. I mean, mm-hmm. like – they're not putting him on the IR, so it's not going to be long-term. So I personally don't think I'd give up a first for him just for one to two week rental. If I had McCaffrey, I was a competitor and I wanted to give myself some extra insurance and yeah, I'd probably pay a first round for him. He went in second round startups this year, so it would make sense to pay a first for him. Yeah. Cool. Really quick. Something, something of note. We saw Zeke getting older, getting injured, not looking too great on the field. And what did the the Dallas Cowboys do? They went out, they draft Tony Pollard, and they started integrating him in the offense. I would not be shocked if Chuba starts becoming a mainstay in that offense because over the first three weeks, obviously CMC was getting that workload. But you did see snaps where Chuba was coming in there, spelling him a little bit more than we're used to seeing for Christian McCaffrey. And with the hamstring injury, I don't think he'll be 100% at least until halfway through the season. So Chuba will probably still have standalone value after CMC does come back. So that, that does equate for something uh, when you're trading for him. Yeah, totally agree. All right. And then what are you guys thinking about with Royce Freeman uh, getting some touches this week alongside of Chuba? So um, I think just from the eyeball test, I I think a lot of people agree that Royce Freeman looked extremely explosive. Uh, or at least that's the way I thought uh, about the whole situation. But Chuba did play 50% of the snaps, and Royce Freeman, I believe, was only at 15. Um, And Chuba also saw five targets. And um, let me check real quick at Freeman's um, target share. I think he only had one target. Yeah, one target uh, for eight yards, one reception for eight yards. So, you know, I do think Chuba is going to be the main dog there. You know, like I I think Royce is kind of a – super deep backup handcuff that I don't really have that much interest having on my roster, but I, I think Chuba is going to get the work and kind of like you said, Peter, I think kind of with this injury to CMC this year and then the injury history from last year, I do think Chuba will have a shot at having some standalone value when CMC returns. Max, any comment on Mr. Uh, Mr. Freeman, the former Bronco? No, I mean, I think he's a journeyman throughout the NFL. They signed him for a reason. I think a couple teams put in a claim for him when he was a free agent or whenever he was on the waivers there. So um, teams wanted him. He obviously, teams know he can play, but I think at the end of the day, they drafted Chuba Hubbard for a reason. I think he'll get the majority of the snaps. All right, moving forward, we get a letter from Tennessee, Nashville in particular. Mr. A.J. Brown, Arthur Juan Brown, is going to be week to week with a hamstring strain. These these hamstrings are they're hitting close to home in, in the week three, uh, week three era we have going on over here. Uh, so with this being said, Julio is also dealing with an injury, and he only saw 50% of snaps in week three uh, in their matchup. Are you guys trying to buy low on A.J. Brown through his 
god-awful first three games uh, as a Tennessee Titan this year. And beyond that, do you think that there's any standalone, standalone value for any of the other Titans wide receivers for the rest of the year? Yeah, I'll kick us right off with it. Um, to answer your first question, yes. I'd definitely be trying to buy low on A.J. Brown. It is a little bit team context dependent, I think, if I'm a rebuilder. Um, if I can find a viable replacement option to help me, you know, make that final push to the playoffs, uh, I'd definitely be willing to sell him. But um, I think buying him would be more so if you're trying to contend later. Uh, the dude's really young. Julio's getting older. I do think he'll eventually be that uh, true alpha in that offense, standalone guy. Um, but unfortunately, this hamstring strain, you know, it stinks. He's week to week. Um, and I also do worry, you know, if Julio is able to get back on the field while A.J. Brown is missing time, I do worry a little bit about this offense revolving a little bit more around Julio than A.J. Brown moving forward this season just because Julio did look extremely well-versed and just like himself out there um, in the past couple of weeks that I've seen him. So, Yeah, I mean, I really think you hit the nail on the head there, Jace, with team orientation, I guess you could call it, with A.J. Brown. I know I have him in one league that I'm 0-3 in, and I'm not, like, trying to sell him or, like, looking to move him. But if a competitor came to me and it's like, hey, like, I want A.J. Brown, like, I'll give you X, Y, and Z. Like, obviously, I'm going to listen to the offer. But he's 24 years old. He's so physically gifted, and he's so talented. And, like, even if he doesn't stay in Tennessee his whole career and with Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I really think the sky's the limit for him. So, if you can get him cheap right now with an owner trying to panic sell and be like, Oh, I spent a second round startup draft pick on him. Like I'll take Debo Samuel in a first rounder for him. Like go out and do that, you know? So I don't know what owners would do, but I think, I mean, I think you can get some pretty crazy owners out there that sell high on Debo Samuel or Mike Williams. One of those guys, you know, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. Hall of fame trajectory, definitely for AJ Brown. Uh, and anytime a guy can, put up the numbers that he's put up in his first couple of years and you know a hamstring injury is nothing to shake your tail at or whatever kind of euphemism you want to say uh but he's going to be great whether it's this year or the next year if you're rebuilding 100 percent, try to go out and send a feeler if you're competing and your team's doing fine without him putting up numbers like he has been the last couple of weeks congratulations just sit him on your bench well, don't send him. I mean, you could send him to a rebuilder and go out and get like Mike Williams and Debo Samuel. I mean, I, I don't know what a realistic, what would a realistic trade be for AJ Brown for you two? I wouldn't do Mike Williams and Debo Samuel. I might be, that might sound crazy, but I'm not willing to take on that kind of inconsistency at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So you're saying you'd rather have Mike Williams and Debo Samuel? No, I'd rather have AJ Brown. I feel like the other two are inconsistent and it's been three weeks. But it's been three weeks of production versus like an entire season's worth for those guys in the summer. You could have picked both of those guys up for like two seconds. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're selling to the right contender, you might be able to get that to go through, especially, I mean, more and more each week, I'm believing in Mike Williams, you know, you might be getting decent value back from a dynasty perspective though. Uh, it'd be so hard to give up A.J. Brown just because I do think when he gets back, he will have value this year. You can't help but believe in the talent that he has. But along with that, the dude's like 23 years old. So, like, you know, if he continues to do what we thought he was going to do um, prior to this season starting and him kind of starting slow and then getting banged up, um, you know, you have 
I, I think he has the upside to be a wide receiver one, a top five guy for, you know, five, six years straight. So it'd be hard to give up the long-term value, but if you're making the push, I do think Mike Williams and Debo Samuel could uh, definitely return value for you. Yeah. I really think it's all team context. And, mm-hmm. and obviously I don't think a rebuilder is going to sell AJ Brown cheap, like we talked about. So. Yeah. Shout out big Al. Send him my way. Yeah. Uh, I think forward. real quick, I, we didn't really talk about the, uh, the auxiliary pieces to the offense. Um, one thing I had to say, Derek Henry looks really good right now. I do think Same. running the football is still the identity of this football team. So I do think, you know, if Julio or AJ Brown, one of those two are on the field at any given time, most of these other pieces are, are just depth pieces for your bench. I don't think they're going to do much, you know, Chester Rogers, or I, I don't even know Reynolds, what that one kid. Josh Reynolds. Yeah. I, he's on the pup list, I think. So, you know, t- count him out as well, but you know, if Julio and AJ Brown aren't like out on the field, I do think you could take a flip of a coin with Chester Rogers, but I don't think any of these depth pieces on their team are going to provide consistent fantasy production. Rapid fire. Are you guys willing to take a flyer on Ferk, sir? Yeah. It just depends on the health of the two main wide receivers. Cause those targets do have to go somewhere if they're both missing. I'd rather have a 2024 third round pick. Than <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I say just stash him. The man on there, has a family. You know? He's got a family. Max. <laughs> I, Gonna body I, him like this on the podcast. Support his man. family, whatever you want to do. But I would rather have a, a twenty twenty five. I'd rather have like an eighth grader now than <laughs> Anthony Fersker. I'll put it that way. All right. Uh, Fair enough. Um, you know what? Don't hold anything back, Max. Let your feelings be known. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last letter that we received uh, is from the. And I'm going to say this again for everybody who maybe missed this week's games. Last place, sole possession of last place, Kansas City Chiefs. So we just got a letter from Kansas City that somebody that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast is going to be, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes' new best friend out there. I heard a little joke and I'm not going to be too vulgar, but Chief in it is going to be on a, a different uh, kind of context out there in yeah. Kansas City now. Takes uh, on Josh, a whole new meaning. whole new meaning. <laughs> Josh Gordon passed his physical and is going to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Talk about a front runner. Uh, Let's go. What is this going to do to the receiving core, but even more so, how do you think this is going to affect Mecole Hardman's stock? Uh, I'll kick us off here. I mean, Jace is actually a believer in Mecole Hardman. He sold a second round pick in the offseason for him, which I was very surprised by. And I didn't know if I, I would definitely question that move, but I, I think this is an irrelevant move. I think it's just as irrelevant as Le'Veon Bell signing with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Josh Gordon's had his opportunity to play with Tom Brady. He's had his opportunity to play with Russell Wilson. I mean, I really don't think it matters who the quarterback is. He is not the same NFL player that he was when he was in Cleveland. And he was that NFL player that he was in Cleveland because he was the best player on a bad team. I mean, now he's going to be behind even Clyde's been playing terrible, but behind Clyde, behind Travis Kelsey, behind Tyree kill. I mean, they might throw the ball to Nicole Hardman, honestly, before him, but. I think it's an irrelevant move, and I don't think Nicole Hardman's stock should go up or down. I just think he stays the same for me. Yeah, I was definitely a big believer in Nicole this offseason. 
I did sell a second in the 2021 rookie draft for him. And uh, I do regret that because the draft definitely didn't fall the way I thought it would. I mean, we, we've talked about it before. We had Rondale Moore going in the third round and some things like that. So um, definitely regret that move. But I, I don't think this will have an impact, kind of like Max said. You know, if anything, I see him as kind of like a Deshaun Jackson in the Rams. You know, he might, he'll be good for one 70-yard touchdown here and there, but you're not going to be able to count on him. I think if anything, this kind of, I don't think it negatively um, hits McColl's fantasy stock too much just because he's only on a one-year deal. It's a cheap one-year deal. Um, and McColl's 23 and he's locked in for the long haul with the Chiefs. So I think long-term McColl will be fine. All right. I got another rapid fire for you. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins or Josh Gordon? I was thinking Sammy. the same thing. Sammy. Sammy, Sammy Watkins. But I, I have another rapid fire for you, Peter. Okay. In return for both of you. You brought up Rondell Moore in the third round. Um, I know Peter declined this actually this past week, which I thought was ludicrous. But would you rather have Rondell Moore or a 2022 first round pick? Rondell Moore. Thank you. That's all I wow. needed to hear. I'm just personally, I just, I mean, Jason I don't watch a whole lot of college football. But I hear a lot of other analysts talking about this 2022 rookie class. I know it's super early and people might develop, but I've heard it's more of a QB strong class and the, the skill positions are somewhat lacking. All right. So really quick, getting back to the uh, rapid fire. I did have a couple of receivers I wanted to stack up for this. I'm all ears, Peter. All right. So we did. Uh, so we did one. We did Sammy Watkins, Quez Watkins. Quez, I'd take Quez. It's going to be really hard for me to pick. A re- it's going to be really hard for me to pick Josh Gordon, Peter. Valdez Scantling. Uh, yeah, MVS yeah, for sure. I'd rather have MVS. Cedric Wilson. He Oof. caught it. He caught a touchdown. Josh Gordon won't do that in his term in Kansas City. Uh, yeah, probably Cedric too. Okay, I'll I'll give you one more. Uh, Cedric who's the tough. Who's the young guy? Uh, Anthony Schwartz. Oh, 100% Anthony Schwartz. Schwartz, for sure. Yeah, 100%. He actually looked really good. Week one, he had like 70 yards or something for the Browns. Yeah, he's Jarvis and Odell are both 29. Anthony Schwartz, they draft him in the third. He'll be good. For sure. All right. So that was our uh, reports from around the realm section. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Wanted to give a quick shout-out to uh, Big Mike from New Jersey. He's been sharing his support listening to the podcast, sending in uh, little personal anecdotes and questions uh, and all of our other supporters on Reddit. Uh, I've been talking to a couple of guys on the message boards. Uh, they all love the podcast. We're international. Uh, oh, yeah. What's up? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, shout out Kev. Last week was great having yeah. Kev on the show. Um, and if you ever want to be on the show, hit us up on Twitter, whatever else, text message, yeah. Facebook. I mean, hit us up on anything. Yeah, and if you want to know anything about Rondale Moore, you know, like his favorite food, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Kevin covered it on the last episode. My man was dropping some analysis on us. The Rondale Moore episode, dude. I think Kevin would rather have Rondale Moore than like two first round picks next year. Rondale Moore or the one one for next year? That's the real question. Ooh, I probably the take one, this one. shot at. I probably take the shot at the one one. Yeah, give me the one one. Uh, so again, I did want to say thank you to everybody for constantly showing their support. 
follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, on Twitter over there, shoot us a DM, give us a follow, like our tweets, retweet, do whatever you got to do to get us a little bit more known out there. Uh, beyond that, follow us on Apple Pods, subscribe on Spotify, whatever you do, whatever lingo it is to keep updated with all of our stuff and all of our goings on with the podcast. Uh, we're going to be releasing on Wednesdays this year uh, and recording late Tuesday nights just to get it out for you on Wednesday. I know our editor and uh, our producer, Jay, slaves away for hours. He and to think that you mentioned your name first when you mentioned this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm disrespect. Sure. Hey, you know, it's it's probably uh, no fault other than my own. I just try to make us sound smart. You know, you guys get the final cut a lot, but, you know, there's a lot of BS here and there that I like to chop on out of there so we sound smarter than we actually are. You try, Jace, but... Jace I, actually, goes, I do my best. <laughs> Jace goes in and does impressions of both of us and makes us say other things and uh, <laughs> chops it up so we don't sound like idiots on the air. <laughs> Uh, but now we're going to move into our boom bust section. Uh, this was a fan favorite from the last couple of weeks. Something we want to talk about. Anybody want to go first? Does anybody feel called to go first? If not, I'll start. Oh, I, Max. Feel, I feel oh, called. Oh, he Max feels, feels called. called. I feel and called I can, to go first. I can see why he feels called with his picks. Oh, yes. My boom is it's pretty lame, but I feel called to go first just because he's finally back. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL, and it's Devontae Adams. Um, watching that game on Sunday night, him and Aaron Rodgers, they looked like bread and butter. They looked like cookies and milk, whatever you want to call it. How many and seconds eight. were left? Seconds. How many seconds they give him? It was like 32 or 38. or It was less than 40 to go all Ew. the length of the field. Ew. Yeah. But Devontae Adams, everyone's like, oh, Devontae's washed. Aaron Rodgers didn't try week one. He's just throwing. He's sacrificing the organization, this, this, and that. I don't want to hear that. And the real question, uh, they brought it up uh, on NBC of, will Devontae like, continue to play with the Packers or will he want to go play with Aaron Rodgers? And I think he said that he wanted to go play with Aaron Rodgers, but he hopes that they can both play for the Packers. So I think whether Devontae goes to Aaron Rodgers or wherever he goes to the Packers, he's such a pure route runner. And they had like their backup corner on him at one point. And he just toasted him off the line. Like his release is so pure and he can go so many different ways with it and how Rogers gets the ball out. I mean, it is literally like watching magic happen with between those two. And I just enjoy it while I can. So I felt cultivated to go first, just based on the fact I'm a big Tay Adams fan, but I think 28 years old by Devonte Adams, it's going to be hard after last week, but he's going to keep producing those numbers like he was last year. Max, weren't you one of the people that said Aaron Rodgers just didn't look like he cared? I was. And then I I talked to Aaron and his brother Jordan. I was like, yo, let's get going. And he speed got dial. on the train. You got him on speed dial. dial? Yeah, he's, he's got front class ticket on the Polar Express. So. so he went from being on, like, yeah, running with his little, like, clutch uh, suitcase bag, trying to get on the train, to being in VIP first class. Oh, yeah. After, I mean, after seeing what he did, I mean, I think the 49ers are a respectable defense and it was in San Francisco. I mean, he looked like he wanted to play. And if he wants to play, he knows who to throw to. And that's Devontae Adams. That's fact. All right, Jace, up next, your boom of the week. Yeah. So my boom of the week was uh, my boy, Matthew Stafford. I'm actually about to put in uh, an order for an LA Rams, Matthew Stafford jersey. 
I am completely caught in fanboying for this guy. I mean, you know, got to hear him talk a little bit on uh, the Monday Manning or the Manning Monday, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, that dude, I feel like he never speaks and you never see any kind of videos about him. But listening to him talk was awesome. But what was even better is watching him just um, absolutely destroy the Buccaneers. The dude just looks so polished. He looks like he's finally in the right place. Um, him and Sean McVay have a total mind meld going on right now. And, you know, these first three weeks, I was kind of planning on trading for him after these first three weeks, because at the beginning of the season, I thought these were tougher matchups. Um, but, you know, he's just absolutely gone out there and deleted defenses. And moving forward, um, his schedule is absolutely incredible. A lot of high over-unders are coming in the future for him, um, you know, and they're working with Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. So they're just going to keep on chucking the ball. Um, as the season moves on further and further, I think they're going to continue to throw up more and more. So, um, you know, I, I wish you, I hope you guys went out and bought earlier than this because right now his price is going to be sky high, but I think he's definitely locked himself into a top 10 dynasty quarterback for myself. Chase, are you, are you a blue Jersey? Or are you going to get that like cream gray white Jersey? Ooh, Ooh, I kind of, I probably get one. You can get the yellow one would be sick. I have a problem of wearing my jerseys out to the bars on Sundays. And then if it's a white Jersey, it's got the stains on it though, man. Like, so, you know, I might stick with the blue, but I do love that cream color for sure. You're getting that little Buffalo chicken dip on your Jersey. You know, it or a little ketchup stain right on the number. Mm -hmm. So too unfamiliar for me. The Aaron French fry that falls from the fingers. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Quick question. You guys are both uh, betting men. Um, on DraftKings, Matt Stafford has the third best odds to win MVP. Do we like that? I hate MVP voting. MVP wow. is tough, but, I mean, if he's only in third right now, I'd put Plus some money down on it. Yeah, i put some money down on that for sure. Um, I don't know. You can just tell he is like the wheel that makes this thing go. Everything is run through him, and – God, he just, it looks like he's in the right place at the right time, finally. So I think this dude's going to get the, he's going to get to make the run he always wanted to. The narrative's there, man. And For sure. There's nothing that the media loves more than a good narrative. Uh, so I can see it going there. I think it's either going to go to Kyler. And obviously, this is three weeks in. So right, by the time right. we listen back to this episode 15 weeks from now, it'll be like, why did Sam we Darnold. think these guys were going to win? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's either going to be Kyler or Stafford, to be honest. And with the way Mahomes started, I doubt he's able to win again. He would have to go undefeated to probably win that thing again. Mm-hmm. Believe sure. it or not, he actually has the same odds as Matthew Stafford right now, which I think no. is just crazy. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I'd definitely be uh, pulling for old Stafford over Mahomes at this point. Hey, maybe Tom can get it. There's Tom a little, definitely. A swan song for Tom. Definitely. Tom was like probably my favorite coming into the season, but I don't know. Just looking at Stafford's schedule, I just like don't see a way he's going to slow down. So um, I think it's all right there for him. Uh, Quick question while uh, we're on the Tom Brady talk here. He's obviously in Foxborough this week, Sunday night, probably Mm -hmm. the biggest game they've had there in a very long time. Um, What do we think he does? over 400 yards, 500 yards. Do they throw 600 yards? I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. I think it'll be just – it'll be another football game to Tom. Yeah. I really do. I think he's – his emotions are detached from that city. There's like – you know what it's like? 
you break up with your girlfriend, right? <laughs> you got like the, the hottest girl <laughs> in the whole world now. Oh my and God. your old girlfriend oh wasn't as, as hot, right? Right. And now you, you, you walk in and you randomly see your old girlfriend in the bar and you got your hot new girlfriend. You think, you think he's jealous at all? You think he's thinking about the other ugly girlfriend? No. <laughs> got the hot girlfriend now. He's not thinking about New England like that. And when yeah. he shows up to play him, it's not going to be a thing. So yeah. How many passing yards does he have? How many does he need to break it? Does anybody know that? It's like 69, 68, something like oh. that. Oh. Now, I bet I give him I give him about 325 plus is what I'd be willing to put some money on. I I think they're going to just absolutely wipe the floor with them. Um I don't think if any I if anything I kind of worry about them getting too far ahead too early in this game cuz I don't know. Mac Jones can't push the ball at all and um, the Patriots can only rely on their defense being on the field so often. So I think he's obviously going to shatter that record, but yeah, 350, I could see that him dropping a revenge, on, revenge game on bill like that. Yeah. Speed round over under five minutes standing ovation when he breaks the record. <laughs> under. Mm. They don't like to sit there in Foxborough. I went to a Patriots game uh, two years ago and they, we stood the whole time. So interesting. Yeah, I'd probably give him the under under two. I bet it's fun for like the first like minute or so, and then like another thirty seconds go by, and they're like, "Damn, this dude is like beating us down right now." What are we clapping for this guy for? So it's uh, gonna be at we'll the start see. of the game. It'll probably be within like the first two drives. It'd be yeah, that'd be incredible if he just hit like one play, first play of the game, just hits a bomb on like Chris Godwin going over the top or something like that, and just does it in one pass, like. That'd be the most Brady thing ever. All right. We digressed. Mm-hmm. Moving forward. I got my boom of the week. He's boomed the last three weeks, and we really haven't talked about him much. It's Mr. Mike Williams for the other L.A. team, uh, formerly, formerly the San Diego Superchargers. Mike Williams is getting 75% of the snaps on the season, which is right where he needs to be sitting, to be honest. But this is this is where it's it's starting to get crazy. 12 receptions, 10 receptions, nine receptions this past week. He put up 30 fantasy points in a half-point PPR league, two touchdowns for 122 yards and nine uh, – sorry, and seven catches. This man is on fire to start the year. I would try to go out and acquire him just to see because he's the kind of guy that would be on anybody's roster, whether it's a win now, a win later. He's the kind of guy that isn't going to be on a specific roster. So I would – just try to put out a feeler for him. If it's too much, just wait until he gets injured like he does every single year and then go buy the dip. Okay, so let's play a nice hypothetical game here, Peter. You traded him to me last week in a dynasty league, which I thought was just super kind of you. Um, but I thought, say, gonna, I thought the production was going to stop, and I, obviously I was wrong. Okay, well, that's good. But let's say you want him back. What are you willing to pay for him? Like a second-round pick. Oh my gosh, that owner would spit in your face. Your ticket would be revoked from the Polar Express. I, I'd hand you a first in no time whatsoever. I think I can't help but buy into the guy right now. Um, I've heard a lot of other analysts talk about it. And I think it's kind of, I mean, it's not so similar, but in a way it reminds me of Stefan Diggs in Minnesota. I think they were just using him wrong for a long time. And I think Lombardi's gotten into this system now and they've realized what they have in Mike Williams and they've really opened up his route tree, shortened it up for the most part. But 
they're just focused on getting the ball in the big man's hands and letting them work. So, um, you know, I think this is just kind of one of those late career breakouts that's finally happening or happening. And I think it's just all on the back end of, uh, or, uh, it all depends on if he can stay healthy at this point, no more, uh, you know, 10 foot falls to the earth, uh, trying to catch a ball. So, you know, Jace, I would consider that offer, honestly, if you weren't three and oh, and in first place in our league, I can't give yeah. you Mike Williams too. Yeah. You, hey, you just let me know, man. I'll take Mike Williams on the squad for sure. Yeah. For a first for nothing. I get, I gave you a 2022 first straight up for Mike. Will, if you want it. It's interesting. All right. You just let me know. Moving on to our moving on to our bust <laughs> section. Uh, the worst part of the week. It's a very sad part of the week. Uh, and I'm going to start with a very sad bust. To be honest, this guy came off two great weeks. He is currently, I believe, the tight end. What is he? The tight end three. He's the tight end three in PPR and standard. It's T.J. Hawkinson. He was on the field for 84% of the snaps, which is around his average. Uh, the Green Bay game, he was on for a little bit more than his average. But he only had two targets the entire game. Whether that's Baltimore's game plan and their good linebacking crew, he has two targets, two receptions for 10 yards. I, I just can't get behind Hawkinson this past week and understand where that came from. He is a transcendent talent and a lot of people are pegging him to be the next Ertz or Kelsey or one of these super top echelon guys. And those top tier guys don't mess around. They produce every single week. Uh, and especially in a game where it was pretty low scoring and tight and the defenses were all over the place. You'd think that Jared Goff would start dumping it off to Hawkinson, but he just couldn't connect and find them this week. Yeah, I mean, I think you brought up the point there with the linebackers. I think that is why Hawkinson had such a tough game. I mean, they have some of the toughest linebackers in the league. Um, the game script, it also really wasn't a shootout. I think it was 17-16 was the final score off that Justin Tucker 66-yarder. So when Detroit's in a shootout and they have to throw the ball, then I think Hawkinson's going to be more involved, obviously. But when they're in a close game and stuff, they want to run the ball. They don't want Lamar Jackson to get the ball back and everything. So they're going to run it with DeAndre Swift. They're going to run it with Jamal Williams and stuff like that. So I just don't think the game script really allowed for it. And I really wouldn't be worried moving forward um, buying him from a dynasty perspective. Try to buy the dip this week if you can. Yeah, TJ Hawk, I'm, I'm not worried at all. I, I kind of agree. I think it was more of a game script kind of thing. And I think Baltimore kind of realized this offense hinges on two people. It's DeAndre Swift and it's TJ Hawkinson. And I think they just took Hawk out this week. So, um, you know, the first two weeks, the dude saw 20 targets. So uh, 11 in week one and nine in week two. So I, I think as, you know, as the season progresses, I, I think, you know, there might be some duds like this just because he does play for the Lions and they're so one-dimensional. But I, I just think this target share or the target share that he showed the first two weeks is going to continue on this season. And I'm still completely bought in on his talent. Yeah, nothing else to be said. I, I'm a full believer. Everybody's allowed a fluke game, but if he wants to be one of those top upper echelon, you know, no miss tight ends, he's got to crack down on these certain games moving forward. And we'll keep an eye on that. So I did the bust and now we're going to move to Jace for his bust of the week. Yeah, my bust of the week is Tyreek Hill. And, you know, uh, he's been putting up a couple duds here in half-point PPR. He dropped 4.4 last week and 7.2 this week. 
Um, I think basically just to keep this quick, because I'm personally not worried about Tyreek whatsoever. I think that just the past two games, defenses have just decided to completely take him away. Um, And, you know, Kelsey has his big games when Tyreek gets covered like that. And I think eventually the defenses are going to adjust, put their focus on Kelsey as he eats them up. And then Tyreek's going to break free and, you know, be the same guy we've always expected. So um, if you can find any worried managers out there whatsoever, go buy the dip. Um, You know, if it's anything under the full price, pay it. I think he's an absolute weapon tied to the best quarterback in the league, best offense in the league. Um, Two great matchups coming up. So uh, I'm not worried at all, but I just wanted to to bring him up because he has dropped some duds and disappointed some people. Yeah, man, you never know when people are going to be worried and when you can buy and when a pr- even just on a price drops just a little bit. I'll, I'll get into it later with my quote, but if a price drops a little bit, definitely go and acquire. I'll always be knocking on those doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess that would lead me to my bust of the week, which I think this actually has a lot to talk about here. And it's Allen Robinson from the Chicago Bears. Stinky. Um, <laughs> Stinky's right, Peter. Uh, Miles Garrett, four and a half sacks. Shout out to him. He's listening. But, <laughs> I mean, Justin Fields did not look as advertised. They Mm-mm. could not get the ball off. They could not even move the ball. Um, they got three points in the first half. I mean, Allen Robinson, for three straight weeks now, has put up a dud. I get he's been ha- having Andy Dalton and Justin Fields now. He's going back and forth. And now Matt Nagy saying that maybe Nick Foles could start. Who knows? But. The whole just, argument for sorry, the whole argument for A Rob is that he's good no matter who the quarterback is. Well, but like he hasn't been. That's that's my whole argument now, is that he's been so below average. Like you drafted A Rob probably in a redraft as a top ten wide receiver, and then I mean, even in Dynasty, like he's you you're gonna draft him in the top three rounds. Like he's only twenty eight years old, so. Are you guys worried about A-Rob moving forward? I own him in another league that I'm 0-3, and um, I'm a little worried. I I at first thought he was worth first and second combined, but I I don't even know if I can get a second for him nowadays. I think for now, the biggest problem, um, you know, all offseason we were talking about, once Justin Fields gets this job, is this the quarterback that finally – helps Allen Robinson ascend to like a top five talent. Um, And I think a lot of the ineffectiveness the first two weeks, of course, came from Andy Dalton being Andy Dalton. But in week two, Justin Fields only threw the ball 20 times. And I think coming out of college, you know, Fields was such an asset when he was throwing on the run. And I felt that Matt Nagy just, he built such a boring game plan for his rookie. And, um, Hopefully in the future, you know, they unleash his talents a little bit more and let him be a little more athletic out there and make some decisions for himself rather than all these drawn up plays. Um, but that's going to be his saving grace. Fields is the is um, the future of this team. And if Fields can't get it done, unfortunately, as much as we love A-Rob and as much as we think he demands targets, the production might not be there. Um, but I will say over the next four weeks, he's got some great matchups. He's got Detroit, Vegas, Green Bay, and Tampa. So, you know, if anything, if you still believe in him, I, I'm still holding back. I would be willing to go out and get him right now. If I own him, I'm holding. 
Um, if I don't have him, I would be trying to go out and buy some sort of dip because I do think the next four games could be um, a big boost to his fantasy stock and production. So what, what would you both pay for him before you go, Peter? Uh, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. He's on my one dynasty team. I'm a big fan of, of trading when people have value. I'm not a mm-hmm. fan of, of buying. I'm a fan of buying the dip, but I'm not a fan of buying the dump. Fair enough. Put that put I, that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Fair enough. I personally, I I'll still send over a first to whoever wants it. Um, if any, like honestly, I I'd, I'd probably give up a first and some more draft picks, a second and a couple thirds or something like that. I'm still, I Peter's I still buy into his it. talent. Yeah, Peter, you let me know. Max, you let me know. I'll be sending first rounders out for your guys. Mike Williams or Allen Robinson. I give me a Rob. Give me a Rob. Still the alpha. Peter, you know what? I'm probably, probably going to say it. I don't want to do the trade because I know that's what you're thinking instantly, but I would rather <laughs> have Mike Williams being tied to Justin Herbert in that great offensive line for the next couple of years. than Fair enough. Alan Robinson with whatever's going on this year in this anomaly for right now. For, for a couple today, years my, younger is Mike Williams too, you know, my, get a couple my, age decrease. Peter, my I, Tuesday I could night, send you a sweet offer. My Tuesday <laughs> night overreaction is Mike Williams over Allen Robinson, yeah. and I'm going to get roasted for it in a couple of weeks nah. when A-Rob shows up. But keep your receipts. Neither here nor there now. Keep Jace, your you're competing. You're competing, Jace. I got A-Rob. We Yo. can work out a deal. Yeah, no, 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 you no, just no. let me know. There's a 2022 first just hanging out right now. I, I think it's a pretty decent pick. I don't remember whose pick it is, but Peter, all right, Peter, I want to make a trade. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk later. We'll, we'll talk, talk later. We'll keep you guys updated uh, if we actually do the trade or not. Um, but that's everybody's boom bust, correct? That is everyone's. Uh, that is everyone's boom bust, and uh, we're actually just like right on time right now for the first time. <laughs> for the first time ever, congratulations! If you're yes. listening to this, you're part of history with us. Uh, but boom bust uh, is has sadly come to an end, and we're going to get into our last complete segment of the day, and we're going to do a start sit decision from all of our dynasty teams this week, uh, and I will pass this one off to Mr. Giddy Max to start us off. Yeah, it's actually funny that this is uh, – I get to start us off here. But it is for my Mike Vrabel team. Um, and I'm contemplating starting Mike Williams or Chuba Hubbard this week. Mike Williams plays on Monday night, which I really like, versus Vegas. I think that's going to be a high-scoring matchup. And Chuba Hubbard plays Dallas, which is also a nice matchup, but Miles Sanders didn't look great. So what do you guys think in there? This is obviously uh, in the flex spot, so – yeah. Uh, personally, I, I'm rolling with Mike Williams here. Um, when we're talking about flex spots, I'm always going to play a wide receiver just because I think I've said it before. They're always one catch away from a long bomb touchdown, and it's way more hard for a running back to bust through the line um, and, you know, run one in from 50 plus yards. So I think if you're looking for a really solid floor play, I, I would be willing to play Chuba if you're worried about Mike Williams come coming crashing down to earth in a fantasy regard so uh i'm mike will but i depending on team team context um if you have a thursday night guy that goes crazy and you're ahead by a bunch and you just need a floor i'd be willing to put chuba in at that point yeah i'm I'm all in on on mike will this week Mm -hmm. i just that man can't can't be denied and i'll ride the hot hand until it slaps me across the face 
All right, moving forward, Jace, let's hear your start sit for the week. Yeah, so uh, this is actually a decision I have to make in an eight-team league. And, you know, I know we play in a four-team league redraft, and we think that's hard, but eight teams is so hard because they're, like, there's so many good players available and my bench is stacked and like the start sit decisions are so hard to make on a week to week basis. So I'm debating Allen Robinson or Robert Woods in my flex. Allen Robinson has Detroit and Robert Woods has Arizona. So what are you guys thinking? Uh, Both have underperformed so far this season tremendously, but I would think I'd have to go a Rob. I mean, Mm. I really do. Detroit's what, what Jeff Okuda is out for the year. Right. I do think A-Rob gets on target this week. We just talked about his matchup. So I'd be rocking with A-Rob, but I can see why you go Bobby Woods if mm-hmm. you think it's a shootout. I had a nightmare last night, actually, and it was uh, it was me remembering the Ravens game, and it was me feeling bad about all those Hollywood Brown drops for whoever mm-hmm. owns him out there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm not going to jinx the man, but – I think A-Rob, I'm not going to say it, but I think <laughs> A-Rob would be a very nice start against the terrible Detroit secondary. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to have to stick with A-Rob too. I think just personally, every time I've ever doubted the guy, like in drafts or anything like that, he has come back to immediately bite me. So, um, you know, last year I, he was like on my do not draft list and the dude was just a rock solid wide receiver one all year. So I think I'm going to go back to the well, but I do think old Bobby Woods is due for a positive regression game against Arizona. It always hurts going back to the well, but sometimes you have to go back. I know, man. Hey, it's worked out so far with Joe Mixon. I will have to say that. So, you know, maybe this is the year where, you know, the well has some water in it. Now, uh, my start set decision is very unique. Uh, this is a super flex league where there is no regular flex. Uh, so I, we just got two wide receiver spots, and we're going to work two sides of the same coin on this game. DJ Moore at Dallas or Amari versus Carolina? That's the easiest start of my life. Give me DJ Moore. Give me DJ Moore. He's looking Give tremendous. me DJ Moore too, yep. No Christian McCaffrey. Um, Dallas secondary. Dallas defense actually looks pretty decent this Trayvon year. Trayvon Diggs looks good. He looks really good, but Amari still game. got those bruised ribs. Yeah. Um, I think Carolina's corners are very good. They just went out and traded for the guy from Jacksonville as well. Yeah, CJ Henderson. Yeah, so I, I think that's an easy DJ Moore <laughs> pick for me there. I have, I'd have to agree. All right, and that's going to be the show for today. Before we completely wrap up, we have a quote from our fellow Monarch Max. He's bringing in Hamilton again. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get too creative here, but I love Hamilton. So Hamilton says the plan is to fan the spark into a flame. Touched on it a little bit. You got a little fire there and there's a little something brewing. Turn the spark into a flame. You know, if someone's about to break out or you see something or a trajectory like JC's like with Allen Robinson in these four games or Matt Stafford coming up, turn that spark into a flame. I mean, go out, call your shot, get these guys, you know, and the same thing is you can do it in reverse. Like, the flame's going to die eventually. We all die. I mean, not to get too down, too sad on <laughs> a little the show. Morbid. It's, the, it's sun fine, sets, the sun sets on everyone. Let's the say sun that. sets on everyone. And you got to know when the flame goes out, you know. Jace talked about going back to the well. 
you don't want to go back to the well too much and then have no water. So if you see your shot, call it. And as Hamilton says, he's not throwing away his shot. There we go. Excellent. That's an episode. And again, little round of applause under an hour, I believe. So. Yeah, let's go, boys. Making progress. Making Our progress, definitely. Like that. All right. So thanks everybody for tuning in this week. Your support is always appreciated, uh, more than you will ever know. Uh, we want to say thank you from Jace, Max, and I'll put myself last this time, Peter. <laughs> saying thank you follow us on spotify follow us on apple pod subscribe do whatever you got to do uh shoot us a dm follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy uh and with that being said good luck with your week four matchups about to get through our first month of the season already can't believe mm-hmm. it's real that's, that's right sit. i don't like that all right <laughs> peace out everybody have a nice week yeah peace take it easy peace 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 Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.